knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Shoulder Guide. Do you ever wonder if you're packing the right things? If you're going the right way, if you're setting your tent up correctly, well, now there's Shoulder Guide, a miniature human who sits on your shoulder with 100% of the wisdom you need. Even if you don't have a question, Shoulder Guide will share unsolicited advice. Check it out at a new kind of shoulderpain.jesse. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Backpacking and Blisters podcast. My name is Carl Mandrioli. I'm one of the hosts, and I actually have a guest host with me today, Jesse from the YouTube channel Backcountry Forward. He's the only man that says he's never socially awkward and then proceeds to send text messages in the middle of a conversation. How's it going, man? <laughs> I'm sending text messages in the middle of this conversation right now. Does that make me also socially awkward? <laughs> well, we can't see, but like, yeah, we had that conversation when we were actually in person. So yeah, I didn't say I was never socially awkward. I said, I just don't feel awkward in socially awkward. I just don't feel socially awkward. There's okay. a whole different world. That's just my homeschooling coming out. Yeah, I think that's some revisionist history right there, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so Jess and I had the chance to meet each other i was on a road trip with my family in canada recently in the month of july and we were somewhere in canada camping. And yeah i managed to find you in this right. massive wilderness that's right in, I'm a, that in a camping spot near jasper alberta and so we get to, a chance to meet in person jesse's been on the show a few times we, we chat quite a bit just you know like off air just through facebook messenger and so it was yeah it was great to meet you man no, it was honestly I, actually like such a cool thing that even like because I don't know if I told you this in person, but like I had looked at that campsite two nights prior to uh, booking it and there was no campsites available. And then mm. the night before, once we were ch- we, we got chatting and figuring out what we were going to do, all of a sudden I was like, well, I'll check again or maybe I can go someplace else in Jasper and opened up the website and bada boom, bada bing, there was a campsite open and it wasn't even open like on the other side of the campsite. It was like walking really distance. Close. So yeah. it, was, it was perfect. It was awesome to yeah. meet you. I was so It was so cool to meet Jessica and the kids and young Carl and the whole family. Yeah, we put an awkward hug picture out there on Instagram and Facebook for people to enjoy. Yeah, we got to work on that, bro. We got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, it was I, like... I didn't see what it looked like until afterwards. <laughs> and I was like, eh, that's, that's good enough. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a level of awkward that, hey, you know what? I didn't feel it because I don't feel socially awkward. Okay, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So I'll, I'll share real quick. One of the big takeaways we had as a family from our conversations together was, I think it was just um, my son and I were talking, we kind of went over and visited your camp spot at one point and we brought our dog with us and so you were expressing that you were willing to watch our dog for the day because you wanted, you like dogs, you like hanging out with the dogs. And so I was, I kind of just was like joking with you. Yeah, I'm like, are you going to get a dog? And you said, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of work maybe. And then I said, are you going to get a cat? And do you remember what you said for that? Um, no, never. Maybe something along that lines. Yeah. You said, no, we're Christians. We're not going to get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I shared that with my wife and daughter. I thought it was the funniest thing. So <laughs> it's, it's biblical. I'm sure. sure somewhere in there it's biblical. Yeah, we throw that comment around still as a family. <laughs> you know, we're Christians. We don't have cats. Let's jump in, man. Uh, I've got, yeah, so I've got a stat here from Backpacking Magazine. It says that, so according to them, 55% of Canadians, your homeland, yep. 55% of, of uh, Canadians call their country pretend america why do you think that is um because they keep reading pretend magazines 
that's why that's why carl yeah okay. straight up so you're saying it's not true yeah no not it's true. not true in fact okay. in fact there's even a, a an argument to be made that a big part of canadian culture is this weird thing that we say oh but we're not americans even though culturally mm. we actually are very similar to americans but like there's a lot our yeah, culture is to say oh we're not americans that's probably the most canadian yeah. thing that there is out there above poutine above nanaimo bars it's saying oh but we're not americans <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you also get the metric system too which is a little bit different yeah but, but even that we we like to tell people we have the metric system but like most people still just use pounds like you if you ask somebody how much they weigh they don't tell you how much they weigh in kilograms they tell you how much they weigh in pounds just yeah oh, straight up interesting one thing i noticed though was like you know every once in a while we'll go to costco here and we'll get some costco pizza and it tastes good we got costco pizza in canada tasted better i was like wow that's weird really so, yeah yeah. Did you get the poutine? I told you to get the Not poutine. Not from Costco. We'd already had it somewhere oh, else. So. But the poutine at Costco is the best place to get poutine right. outside of Quebec in all of Canada. Well, we were resistant to buying things that have the word poo in the front of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just blame the French, man. Yeah. Just blame the it's French. French. So for those who don't know, it's French fries, gravy, and cheese curds kind of mixed together. Oh, it's so good. So, it's so good. Yeah. All right. First Corinthians 1, 2, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready. So this is Paul scolding the Corinthians for being newbies when they should be a lot more mature. Oh, I thought this was definitely a dig at the poutine. And I was going to be like, man, I've never felt Stop somebody take the Bible. And hit- That's enough Sorry, about the Canadian. <laughs> I'm Canadian. What can I say? <laughs> Jesse, are your tips today applicable to both the newbie and the experienced adventurer? What would you say? definitely applicable to the newbie and i think that if not applicable to the experienced adventurer at least some of them that i think they'll agree and they'll be like mm, okay. that's sage advice mm-hmm. okay well i hope so yeah it's it's tough but we're trying to hit everybody who might be listening to the show and we get obviously a mix of sometimes it's good just to be reminded it is yeah for sure for sure. People like reminders, especially when you nag them, right? Yes. Over and over and over again. That's, that's the key right. to success, right? And that's being right. loved. I'm pretty sure I read that in the book, How to Make People Like You and and Gain Friends. <laughs> nag them repeatedly. It's Carl's favorite book, actually. It's on your case on the top of your, your, your Constantly. Book constantly trying to get people to like me. That's right. Yeah. I actually had somebody text me this. Who was it? I was... I don't know. We had done a bonus episode and I said, I promise this is going to be released as a real episode. And we finally released it last week. And I said, it's now out. See, I told you, like, I wasn't, you know, I fulfilled my promise. And he basically was like, calm down. You're okay. We, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to calm down. So you're, you're on point with that. I haven't even thought about that episode for the past six months, but thanks, Carl. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So I've got, I got three or four and yeah, so I'm always looking for new things to share. And I think I've got, yeah, one is very experiential based on a trip I've got upcoming and actually the trip will be done by the time this episode's out, but we'll see how that goes and you had you had like four plus correct uh yeah 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 okay i like this was my brainstorming list so like as i look at them there's two that definitely go into one that i wouldn't i wouldn't actually include in this episode that's just going to be a spoiler so you know people will see you have you got more than me so so why don't you go first, man? What's number one? Uh, so number one is I'm actually like hidden right out of the ba- um, gate at something that we've all heard so much about. I actually asked you about this when I saw you in Canada. Okay. And that is um, I'm taking a shot at Derek. Uh-oh. Love you, brother. But um, buying too small of a backpack. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, what was crazy is when I was getting started, I went into uh, our version of REI, which is MEC up here, MEC, mm-hmm. and I was looking around, and everyone there, the salespeople were like pressuring, pressuring, like, get this 50-liter backpack, get this 50-liter backpack. 50, yeah. And, yeah, to start out. And I actually came across this corner, this one guy, he's this old guy, and he's like, listen, kid. And he's he works there. He's like, everyone here is going to tell you to get the 50-liter backpack. Right. But I'm telling you, get yourself the 60-liter backpack. They all get 50% off discounts on all the ultralight gear here. You're probably not starting out with half of that gear, so you're going to need the space, so right. get yourself a, 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 back, a bigger backpack. Now- that's a beginner mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, most beginners grow out of that, but some people still choose to use day packs on their backpacks, <laughs> um, backpacking trips. So right, obviously right. there's a few key people who still need to hear this message. 
Yes, this is definitely a beginner mistake. I don't think this is a veteran mistake. Veterans can should have their packs dialed in to an extent. Some, I mean, a lot of folks have multiple packs depending on the trip they're going on. So, what size pack are do you typically use on like an average trip? Um, on an average trip, to be honest, I'm I'm yeah. still I don't fill it nearly as much as I used to when I was getting started. But I still like a 60 liter backpack. Okay. Um, but but like on the GDT, I was I was down to 45 liters. I'm still at 60 65. Yeah. I'm okay to have a little extra space just in case. And so, yeah. That's how and I And my pillow is is like egregiously bulky. So I'm, that just takes a lot of space. But but that's, again, it goes down to this issue with like, so yeah, maybe not super applicable to more advanced backpackers, but at the same time, still applicable. Because sometimes you see a super new ultralight backpack or something that comes out that's that's new in the market. I'm looking at you, Dan Durston. Uh, Durston Gear's got some crazy backpacks that are coming out, but they're 40 liters. And right it really limits your versatility for that backpack. Like you will be using that in the summer months and that's about it. Cause right. that's not going to take you in the shoulder season. For sure. That's not going to take you in uh, the winter months. You know, if you're wanting to do a multi-day trip kind of thing, like you've got to be super honed in. And sometimes I think, you know, we can say, Hey, I want to buy this super ultralight backpack for this, for those trips that I go ultra light on. Right. But is it actually what you need? Maybe you need a bigger backpack to help you last year round. Right. Just saying, that being said, I'll still probably buy one of those Durston Gear backpacks because, <laughs> dang, they look good. <laughs> get in early Obviously, on that I sure. need to learn this one. You got to get in early on the Durston stuff. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I, I will say that I do have a 50-liter pack. It's an old Golight pack that I'll bring if I'm, if I'm trying to go ultralight, but I don't have one that goes smaller than that. That's kind of his, That's kind of the yeah lowest end. But I think, yeah, that's a really good tip, man. Yeah, don't – so buy one that's – small like don't buy like an 80 85 liter pack which some no people buy. yeah yeah that's true don't go the other extreme but like get a mid-size like i think 60 to 65 is like a great starter weight right. and also just a great like anyone should be able to use that backpack and use that backpack for the rest of their life right i did just sell my 85 liter pack that i was mainly using for uh family trips where i was carrying like you know multiple sleeping bags or if we went to the desert i was carrying like a ton of water and I was yep. like, I think I'm past that. I think my kids can carry the stuff now. So that was a big, yeah, I was excited. But I think I sold it to somebody who, it was like the wife of a newbie. So she was buying oh. it for him. And so she's making that she mistake did. for him. But that's what happens. You don't buy your own gear, man, right? Yeah, I was going to say that's, well, yeah, but that might not be his fault. Like may, she might be taking this on herself to be like, oh, I'm going to buy it for him as a gift. Right. And like, how do you tell your wife like, oh, thanks so much, honey, but you are so off on this one. Like, that's uh, yeah. probably, yeah. Well, that might be one of the worst gifts to possibly get. <laughs> like an 85, like, you're getting into backpacking, you're watching all the YouTubers, right. you're seeing all these ultralight lighters go on. You're like, okay, I'm not going to be that quite ultralight, but I'd like to start off not super heavy. And your honey's, your wife's like, hey, honey, I bought you an 85 liter backpack. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest if you're the guy who's watching the youtube videos you're not the same person who's then gonna have your spouse go buy your gear for you you're probably gonna be like i'm very particular now you're gonna buy your own stuff so that's that's true. i don't but think what that if he's she, there yet but maybe he will be what if she was buying it as a gift is what i'm saying like a surprise oh, it, like, it oh, might be i see i see him watching these youtube videos i'm gonna buy him a backpacking right. backpack <laughs> right 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 it's an osprey so he can resell it i'm not too concerned about it that's but. true yeah 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 no yeah. you're right um good one man i like that one all right you're not you're not a horrible person carl for selling it to you i'm just gonna absolve i'm i'm absolving your conscience i know you're gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight if i don't say (laughs) that to you so don't worry you're okay thank you i don't feel bad about that one but thank you as long as you don't have a cat you can still be a christian (laughs) (laughs) all right my first one i call it gear packing fear packing so this i've got you know like we've talked about we had an episode called like don't pack your fears this and that and so I, this trip, I, I was kind of referencing this one I'm going on. I've got, there's, there's some relatively like inexperienced backpackers that are planning it. There are some new backpackers that are going. They, they're not interested in my opinion or help. So I'm not like, you know, shoving unsolicited advice their way. I haven't shared that I have a podcast. I'm not trying to like self-advertise or, or, or you know, make them feel like I'm t- like holier than thou or whatever. So I'm just like, I'm just kind of going along with what they got. So they put, you're just you're, you're not going to mention that you have a podcast, but you're just going to wear a T-shirt that says "I'm not going to wear that on one. it." <laughs> <laughs> the I'm entire not time. That one. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to even talk about. it. I just want them, you know, like they're excited to. to they have a, they have a lot of systems in place that are very different, like things that I've never heard of them of doing. We could probably do a whole episode on this to be honest, but I just took their gear list, and their gear list looked like it. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like it came from the 1990s because. Mm. 
first of all, the pack was referencing cubic inches. And I don't oh. think I've seen that on an official gear list in a really long time. Is that accurate? That's weird, even for you imperialists. I know. But have you, I mean, you you must have seen like online gear lists. Have you seen one with cubic inches? Legit never. No. Okay. So no. so anyway, so that, so there's one thing. But in terms of pack, the fear packing part of it, here are some things that were on the list that um, were interesting. Okay. So sure. they require everybody to have an emergency blanket. All right, first summer okay. trip, just to clarify. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's decent. I bring an emergency blanket on almost every trip, just in case. Yeah, it's not heavy. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's not. Okay, I don't. Fair enough. It's 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 fear packing, in my opinion. This is my favorite one, is so they're not telling you where we're going. It's like a surprise. Oh, that's scary. Even, like, even when you get there, like you don't know how many miles to camp or where camp is or whatever, elevation Carl, gain, all is that this, stuff. is this a cult? Is this a cult? I know. It sounds, it like sounds it, super it? legit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I should ask them that. That's a really funny like, question. Are you guys going to serve us Kool Aid halfway through yeah. the trail? Just, just, just to clarify. Can we filter our own water, or is it handed yeah, to us? Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a really funny question, I'm, dude. I sh- I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to tell them that you said that, actually, because I'll be like, hey, just, you know, I was just driving the trip somebody, and they wanted to know if it was a cult. <laughs> anyway, so they said, so so obviously, like, we're not getting a map, but a compass is required, okay? And there's there's 12 guys going, so okay. 12 compasses? Yeah, no, that's a little <laughs> excessive. Okay. Uh, they they decided to buy, here's here's kind of similar to the water thing, so they pre-bought the, the dinners. They, they didn't buy, like, the snacks or the lunches or the breakfast, but they pre-bought the freeze-dried meals, which I was not excited about because I want to pick my own. Yeah. They had a box, and we had to, like, sift through the Mountain House stuff, and they, yeah, but they still said that bowls were required. Oh. So... What? Which seems like it'd be required if you're having oatmeal, but that didn't... Or if you're sharing specify. food... Or drinking Kool-Aid out of a bowl. I'm just saying, man. Sketchy stuff. Sketchy stuff. Sketchy stuff. (laughs) They're bringing bear spray. So we we talked about that in a previous episode. I want to rehash that, but I feel like that's excessive. No, it's not. And they're bringing two and a half gallon water containers for like camp water. Two and a half gallon... Like each yeah, person has to yeah. bear, carry. No, they're they're just bringing that. No, they it's just it's just part of the gear, like part of the group gear. They're divvying it up. Okay, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've, so, like, how this can apply to everybody else out there for newbies and veteran folks is is like you should be constantly updating and checking your gear list. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, even there's even websites out there, right? You know, those those email lists where it's like, hey, join our email list and we'll give you yeah. a free free gear list, or even like oh, the, the yeah. Outf- the outfitters around around town that have them and you look at it and it's like yeah just like so many unnecessary things that are like right. bring rain pants and snow pants because you never know when it could snow in the mountains and right. a winter jacket and a spring jacket <laughs> and a range and you're like okay come on like that that's okay, that's yeah. part of it too is yeah like excessive clothing and that kind of thing stuff so, so i th- i just think that you got to check it and it's fun to look at new gear lists and be like oh i never thought about having that as like an optional item i might add that but yeah, so gear packing, think, fear packing. I think lean on some experienced people to to see if you're if if what you think is necessary is actually necessary. Newbie advice, people, and um, experienced backpacker advice is uh, don't join a backpacking cult like Carl. That's that's my <laughs> that's how I sum this up. <laughs> uh, che- or check the age or copyright of the gear list if it has cubic inches or if it has words like knickers, foldable fans, or like battle armor. Maybe don't use that one. <laughs> knickers, foldable fans, and battle armor. It's gold. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, here's good, another yeah. reason why i can't tell them i'm part of the podcast is now that i've sufficiently picked on them now i'm like shaming them for how they've searched their trip and i'm not the trip planner they're doing all the work so i, I should be very this, you know i, I just to gotta them. ask is this church is this like a church group yeah it's a church group yeah okay it sounds yeah. like a church group for sure yeah. which, and they've got you know. they've got some things that like they're doing just to i don't know i feel like i've got to defend them out a little bit no they're doing think... some things that i didn't even think about that that i was like i think this is overkill my wife's like actually um it's not like for example they're they're really doing like a lot of communication with the spouses at home and -hmm. telling them exactly where we are like i think it's like three updates a day and i was like dang but (sighs) then she reminded me that one of the guys that came on our trip years ago um we've we've talked about him before he's on a show once named nate his wife was like freaked out about him going on the trip and was asking me all these questions 
you know, like, are there going to be bears? Are, is my husband going to die? This and that. And I, and I, you know, at that point, they had been playing trips for a long time. So I just looked at her and I was like, calm down. Like, he's going to be fine. And so I don't think I handled that the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the best way to make somebody feel calm is by telling them, hey, calm down. <laughs> calm down, exactly. And so, so my wife's reminding me, she's like, you know, there's some, like, spouses out there that are very concerned about them going out there. So you just get, you know, so this, they actually were doing a good job with that. So. Yeah, no, no, and that's, I, when I was asking if it's a church group, to me that makes th- things make sense. Because also, like, even from a guiding perspective, when you actually are doing a legitimate guiding program, you actually have to, like, I don't know how it is in the States and Canada, you have to have a certain, a certification for that. And okay. they teach you all of these things. And and you know how safety things are, right? Safety things are always blown out of proportion. So people like feel like, oh, hey, we have to do these right, things because right, right. it's quote unquote safety. And when you're going with a small group of guys that you know and that you reflect on or even by yourself, you can kind of throw certain quote unquote safety things out the window um, that, you know, aren't really necessary. But as a guide, you have to take the extra precaution. Right. So I think I think it's good. It, it makes sense. Good call, man. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Good insight. I don't know if they looked at it from that perspective, right. but it sounds like maybe they did. So good call. All right. So that's a long one, but that's, yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning because I thought it was kind of fun. So what's next on your list? Mine's kind of the polar opposite of that, which is like you, you were kind of going on the like, don't bring all this, all this fear gear, all this unnecessary gear. Mine's the opposite, which is stop being so stingy on weight so that you don't actually have a good mood mm. booster. Mood boosters on a backpacking trip are important. Do you know what I mean when I say a mood booster? Like, are you talking about things that make you happier, like chairs? Exactly. Or chairs. Yeah, for a lot of people, it is a chair. It's that piece of gear or that thing, whatever it is, that when you're feeling pretty dumpy, you can pull it out and it's going to make you feel a whole lot better. And, Mm. you know, call it luxury gear, call it whatever you you, you will, but... It's important to have something that will help get you through the tough times because you will likely have some tough times. For me, it's candy. It's like five okay. cent candies. It's those little like candies or jo- there's these Jolly Rancher misfit gummies, which just are amazing. I actually right. wanted to give you some up here in Canada. And then uh, my, my wife wouldn't let me. She's like, no, Jesse, we only have. She, I bought three <laughs> bags. I bought three bags before we went camping. And then I was like, oh, we ate one bag. And I was like, oh, that's, I, awesome. that's OK. I bought three. And she's like, oh, I only brought one. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so there was like four left. And I was like, well, I wanted to give some to Carl. And she's like, there's four left. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Don't share when it's like, yeah, yeah. when it's nope. scarce. That's, yeah. yeah. It's funny because when you said mood booster, I, I did actually think for me, it's the food stuff. Right. Yep. And so, and then I thought, is that a personal issue? But then you started talking about candy. And I was like, no, it sounds like everybody else is all on the same lines. No. And, and for people, like for a lot of people, the chair is a huge one. I don't bring a chair. Like, I know I'm a, I'm an outlier. Like, a chair doesn't make me happy. But, man, you right. know what I love is backpacker pantry creme brulee. Oh, on a mm, cold, chilly night right. when I've been – it's been raining and I've been miserable all day. I pull out a creme brulee. I put hot water in it instead of cold water and it is amazing. Or yeah. it's hot chocolate or it's that cup of coffee. Some people love having fancy coffee in the morning yeah. and it just makes them – so. I had a horrible night's sleep. Oh, but fancy specialty coffee in the backcountry makes me – whatever it is and whatever you got to do to do it, make sure you have one. One, two, maybe three. Well, three is probably pushing it, but at least one or two small kind of like mood boosters yes. that, that just make you comfy and happy. Um, that's that's what I would say. I, I like that you put a numerical value on that. I, I, I can just imagine somebody being like, I threw this in my pack and this and this and this. <laughs> no, They're all no, mood no, boosters. No, yeah, yeah. Just, just said it was okay, <laughs> mood boosters. And then I packed 60 pounds, but it's got a bunch of mood boosters. So that's right. You're going to be using all of them because you're miserable because you've got a 60 pound right. backpack. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. And, and honestly, with the chair thing, it depends on the trip. If I'm if I'm doing higher mileage, I'm trying to go lighter weight, I ditch the, tra- the chair. If I'm, yeah, like a trip like I have coming up that I was describing, I've got definitely a lot more luxury items. So. Yeah. Yeah, like one of my one of my um, like mood boosters is um, is my cup of coffee is like and I can do without it. I can drink out of my pot or whatever, but I have my like little GSI mug and I just like it. Like I like holding it. I like drinking my hot chocolate and it in it at night. I like having a cup of instant coffee in the morning. It just feels cozy. And so, you know, those things are important. I think the phrase "mood booster." We're gonna we're gonna use that. I like that uh, one. Sorry, trademarked backcountry forward copywriting. <laughs> uh, my next one. I think I actually have talked about this one before. I can't emphasize this enough because I just see, I just see when I'm out on the trail. This is a common problem, and that is stop bringing all that water. 
Like that's why we have water filters. Okay, so I, I'm in places typically where waters, especially in the summertime, is in very good supply, and people are loaded, just mm-hmm. loaded up. And I mean, they're just carrying the extra pounds of water. They're unwilling to stop every whatever it is, two three miles, to to you know refill their their water. So they're just adding their weight unnecessarily to their pack. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to push back as, as an incredibly, a, I, I, I perspirate significant on uh, significantly okay. on the trail. And so I need to drink a ton of water. So I always fill up. I almost always will fill up two liters of water because I will use those two liters fairly quickly. And how long, how long? I don't know. I don't know if I could. I could like give it because it it depends on so many things. It depends on the elevation gain. It depends on the the weather that day. Um, but I just know that I will be using. Like I at least drink at least six to like probably at least eight liters. Like hiking for eight hours, like minimum, minimum a liter an hour. Hey man, are yeah, you serious? Yeah. Eight, <laughs> eight yeah. liters, eight yeah. hours. No, it's like if if especially up here in the. I'm like a fraction yeah. of that. That's not. And even so close for me to, to stop every single so frequently, and I like to go. I really like to just yeah. go. So you know, on a cool day, I drink a lot less. But like on a hot day, when I'm hitting elevation up here in the Canadian Rockies, I will drink about a liter per hour to hour and a half so maybe a little bit like i said six to eight liters is probably pretty average for me for about eight hours of hiking dang okay so you're not talking about like that's not part of the you know the water you use to rehydrate your meals that's just just from the hiking proportion just drink yeah just drinking that's not camp filtering all right well i would like to amend what i just said and that is stop bringing all that water unless you're like jesse who (laughs) drinks like a camel so dang man yeah so i know there's we've i've definitely backpacked with somebody like that for sure but one strategy that I've used, and I've talked about this before, is loading up the water when you filter. So just down a liter, put some electrolyte powder into the drink, and just down a liter right there, and then that way you're processing the electrolytes, and you don't have to, you know, I, I would no, guess if you, if you can no, down a liter, putting two more liters on, like that's got to last you a little while. I see. No, no, you're right. That's not a, it's not a, um, I, that's something I started doing. Um, I can't, I can't down and I don't like to down one liter all at once unless I know that I'm about to hit some, unless I know I'm dehydrated already, which can sometimes happen with me, or I know that I'm about to hit some crazy amount of elevation. And I'm, I'm not saying your idea is wrong. Cause for example, I have a friend who does this where he's like, for him, it's the weight that really bothers him. Right, and so right. when he knows, oh my goodness, I'm hiking up this mountain, but I know that there's going to be a stream at the top of this elevation, I can cut my weight down by two to three pounds. If I'm cutting a, a liter to a liter and a half, I'll suffer a little bit if I don't, if I use up the last little bit of my water, three quarters up, but I'll push to that mountain stream at the top kind of thing. Right. So I, it is a, it is totally a reasonable theory. I'm just saying, don't judge everyone on the trail because you like there are people like me who just drink an insane amount of water Or people who just, they're so goers. They're like, I just like to hike. I don't want to stop. I want to just go. And I understand. You know, hike your own hike. You know, I get that. No, I don't judge people on the trail. I just, I just grade them, right? Oh, so yeah. yeah. As they're walking yeah, by, I'm like, hey, you got a lot of water there. F. Yeah, you're just, yeah. <laughs> Jesse, you're sweating too much. F. <laughs> you have bad jeans. No, I, I take that back. I have good jeans. I just don't wear jeans on the trail, but. Okay, anyways, fair enough. That could be a whole other one for this episode, actually. But what's your next one? What you got? Um, next one is a little bit controversial. Okay. Uh, this is a, either you're a hundred percent with me on this, or you're going to think, uh, that I'm a horrible person. Okay. And if you are a beginner or I, I say this with a caveat to it, there's a certain caveat that'll add at, after the end. But if you're, whether you're a beginner or you're an experienced backpacker, stop wearing hiking boots. Mm. Yeah, notice how you didn't agree with me because you're like, oh, this is war. This is Jesse just opened up war. And you're like, I don't know if I want to wade into that. <laughs> no, heck, no, I've, I've mentioned that. We did a whole episode on footwear. and It's true, you're right. Some you people need to wear hiking boots based on and foot issues, ankle issues, that kind of thing. But generally speaking, I would say like 90% of people do not. 
exactly that's my caveat there are there are very 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 few trails that are so rugged that you need a hiking boot on them and for those very very few trails it's legitimate like there's there's a trail that i did once that i want to do again that i would use hiking boots on and it is the only trail i have hiked the entire length of the canadian rockies and i can genuinely say i did not wear um hiking boots on that and i never would recommend anybody else do that but there's one specific like back woods backcountry trail that nobody really knows about that it's like okay yeah i want really good foot support there i really need good ankle support because i'm side hailing for like the whole time so there's a few exceptions and then the other one is yeah if at the same time i don't think it's wise for you to change your footwear so if you've hiked your entire life in boots don't start your backpacking trip in trail runners right hike with what you knew if you've hiked your entire but like if you've hiked your, you know, so that's the only thing is like, it does take some time to get used to whatever new footwear. And I don't suggest jumping and changing out of nowhere all of the sudden, like gradually. But if you are a runner or if you wear runners around the neighborhood or around the mall or whatever, your feet are acclimatized fairly well already to runners. Mm-hmm. And if you go on some good trails around your neighborhood, you can find out pretty quickly whether or not your feet work well with runners. And unless you're doing something really rough, Good. your feet will probably be fine in trail runners instead of boots but yeah no i'm 100 man i'm with you on that one yeah and typically when you're when you're saying boots like there's you know some boots that are relatively lightweight but when i see people hiking with boots on the trail they're like five pounds five pounds at least a pair yes oh yeah like the massive yeah, and boots. so you're just yeah that's just killing your your calorie burning and that's probably causing you to sweat and need more water and that's part of the problem right there so can i get really nerdy here yeah Okay, so I actually have science to back me up. I don't have the specific statistics, but there's uh, my physiotherapist who trained me for the GDT. uh, She actually had done some research in this, and there was this entire research project that was done on the PCT where they were testing them at the, they were marking people halfway through um, who had been wearing trail runners, hiking boots, and and hiking shoes. And every injury that they were checking, which was like, uh, Achilles heel injuries, arch support or arch injuries, and I can't remember the third one. I think was like shin splints. I'm not 100 percent sure, but okay. there's three injuries that the, the physiotherapists, these are doctorate, like people who have gotten their physiotherapist degree, were checking on hikers as they came up, and they tested like thousands, and it was like like statistically, people who had boots had more injuries, people who had hiking shoes had more injuries, and people who had trail runners had the lowest injuries. Interesting. So it's, it's actually like verified that if you want a, a more pain-free experience, wear trail runners. If you have that study or whatever, yeah, send it on over. That's interesting. I, I would check that out for sure. So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot more mobility with your ankles and this and that. And yeah, there is yeah. something to be said though. Yeah, for sturdy trail runners where they're not super bendy, but they're just, yeah, very firm on the bottom. So, yeah. All right. Um, that's a good one, man. So, okay, my last one is when borrowing or lending gear, borrowing or lending gear, this typically happens when you're bringing a newbie. So if you're the veteran, you're lending it out. If you're the newbie, you're, you're borrowing it. Uh, get it back from those folks at the trailhead if you can. So like right when you're in the trip, divide it up. Don't, you know, drive back to where this car spot was or mm-hmm. where you're going to meet up later and kind of divvy it up. Divvy mm-hmm. it up right away. Because mm-hmm. chances are, like, things go missing. You forget about mm-hmm. it. Like, at this point, I was searching through my gear recently, and I'm missing a pocket rocket that I lent out. I've got no idea who I let that out to. I made this mistake just recently. I've been searching through my gear, and I can't find a specific map. Um, it's a Jasper map, and I lent oh. it to um, somebody who came up here from where were they? They're from the States. And right. uh, yeah, and then I think I got a text like a few days later, like some like the, some guy, oh, hey, I accidentally took your map down, like all the way down to the States. You know, it's just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're referring yeah. to me. I've, yeah, I've got your map. Yeah. I said I was, was going to talk to you about it tonight, so we can talk about it right now if you want to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's it's okay. It's like, you know. We can, t- we can talk about it. I, I didn't get a t-shirt. I didn't get a t-shirt and you stole my map. That's okay. I, I understand the kind of relationship this is. Like, I got it. When I was borrowing your map, I was like, <laughs> this is, I'm going to forget to give this back to you because there's so much stuff going on, so... But you know, I'm going to give it back. I'm not the kind of person who's going to steal it. Like, I'm going to give it back to you. So I just prefer to give it back to you in person. I don't want to pay, like, the international postage. So yeah. let's see. I've got I've got this trip coming up here in a couple of days. Uh, the church trips, I'm inviting you on that. You can come. 
<laughs> I've got the Tetons trip in September. You can come on down to Wyoming for that. That's a Patreon trip we've got going on. Any, any interest there? Um, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, bit, I'm pretty sure I'm washing my hair that day. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's All right. So, I've got, so I'll just keep on inviting on trips, and then next trip you make it to, I'll just hand it so, off. So I, I understand how it is. It's like, hey, if I, if I accidentally take some of your gear from you at some point, I'm going to demand that you drive the whole, like, what was it, 16 hours or something? No, I already to- went, man. Like, I've already been up to your area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, came, you came up to my area, took my map down yeah. to your area. Like, right. so I'm just saying, you know, like, yeah. it's like you're holding yeah. my map hostage. That's kind of Kind of. I kind of am. All right. We'll circle no, back to anyways, that. Anyways, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm totally just joking. Um, yeah. I actually have, a, I actually have that exact same map in, in duplicate. I'm pretty sure. So. No, I was hoping you'd have to buy a new one. Uh, Dang it. Oh, okay. yeah. What? That's horrible. That's horrible. What kind of friend? I was hoping you were going to. No, yeah. I, no, I was legitimately <laughs> holding it hostage. You were correct. You were correct in that assessment. So, and speaking of that, I'm actually, so this, you know, this, this new, this newbie backpacking trip, I'll call it, that I'm going on, I'm actually so concerned about, like, you know, sharing gear because I've got extra things that the group needs that I just told them, I said, you know what? I'm just going to pack it all. I'm just going to pack the stuff I'm willing to share. Like, I'm going to keep oh, it in my pack that oh, way. Wow. That way nobody no. takes it. So, yeah, so I've got, so this, you're going to love this. I got, I got two jet boils oh. in my backpack. <laughs> How many sleeping pads do you have? Uh, I didn't share, so I shared uh, jet boil, or I shared stoves, water filters. I got two water filters in my pack. And then I brought two tents to share, and somebody got a hold of one of mine, you're, so I might be packing that on the way out. You're carrying two. T- you're carrying two tents. Not yet. I'm saying that somebody else got a hold of it, so I like they already put it in their pack. But I'm gonna make sure that maybe that last day I just I just throw it on my pack. I don't oh, want. So, so, yeah, yeah, so that you don't risk. Ooh. Yeah, because honestly, because there's so many newbies, and because of this crazy gear list, with with throwing those extras in my pack my my pack is still the lightest out of 12 guys so there was a guy on the gdt who i met he was in the military and like literally i my shoes were falling apart and i was like hey i used up my duct tape do you have any duct tape and he's like oh yeah i think i have some duct tape in my backpack and no joke carl he pulls out like one of the massive like costco size rolls of duct tape like full thing and throws it at me <laughs> and i'm like this thing weighs like a pound and a half just in <sighs> duct tape <laughs> this was but i was oh, like hey sure so i just like literally just wrapped it around my shoe like repeatedly right right yeah, right that still didn't work and probably. he just earned a trail name called duct tape yep, duct so tape. there you exactly. go exactly <laughs> exactly um all right you got one more for me yep one more um and that is probably something i, I i'm almost 100 percent sure this has come up in the podcast at some point but it is the most common mistake that i see beginner backpackers and just backpackers in general new old everywhere doing and that is they wake up, they're cold, and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm cold. Mm. It must be my sleeping bag. I need a warmer sleeping mm. bag. And oh, so I'm going to buy a warmer sleeping bag. Even like, even I made this mistake. Like, I thought I was a super cold sleeper when I first started. And it turns out, nope, I just needed an insulated sleeping pad. I am a cold sleeper, but I'm like not as cold as I thought. So the key here is you need to buy a warm insulated sleeping pad. Even if you're going in the summer, like unless you're going in some place where it's like crazy, crazy hot, like the Southern States or something like that. Like if you're going anywhere in elevation, buy an insulated sleeping bag because the ground is cold. Not sleeping bag, sleeping pad, sleeping pad. The sleeping pad is the issue. It's not your sleeping bag. Get a warmer sleeping pad before you get a warmer sleeping bag and then see if you need a warmer sleeping bag, but you probably won't because your sleeping pad, your mat is going to be warm enough for you. Right. And you're talking, when you say sleeping pad, you want a really warm one like the Thermarest Neo Air X-Lite, correct? Yeah. And if people, uh, no. Yeah, no, no. Hey, this is a good place that, that if one. you're not a Patreon subscriber, you should go on and become a Patreon <laughs> subscriber. And you're going to hear Jesse's th- right. um, like un- un- uncut thoughts on uh, the Neo NeoWare X-Lite. Yeah, so that's why I brought that up, is we've got, we've got a bonus episode coming out, I think within a week or so, that uh, Jesse's another guest, he's a guest host again, called Overpriced Gear That Struggles With Extreme Horribleness. And yeah, so that was one of the things he had talked about. So if, if you like that pad, he'll tell you why it's bad. So you can kind of check out that episode for that. So that's not the one he was suggesting. But yeah, no, that's 100%, not the one man. Yeah, suggest. the pad, the R value. What do you, I don't know how dialed into R value are, but do you re- recommend like a three or four if you're too cold? 
Um, I actually I actually thought it was really interesting listening to Tayson's suggestion. And so I'm going to say whatever Tayson said, which okay. I can't remember. The, three or I think four. it was three, yeah, that's what he three said. or four. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not I, like what like I'm not super familiar with the new ASTM model. Um, right. And that's kind of what I have to do some more research. But I know they're currently redeveloping their sleeping pads. And so I know they've been testing a ton and they've been looking into the ASTM model. So if he's saying that, I'm suspecting that he has like research to back that up. So I'm okay. going to say that what he said <laughs> okay <laughs> i like that i like that uh, all right man i think that we had some some new things to think about here that we had not yet discussed in the podcast so if there's anything we missed if you veteran backpackers are out there, out there have some good tips that we should be saying like that are not obvious so like if i ask this question something in the trail they'll say you know just just pack less you know nothing like that just like really good tips that you, you've found have helped newbies or if you're a newbie, you found something you're like, I can't believe this is a mistake I made. Please share when we'll share that on a future episode or tidbit section, especially. So I have Canada's contributions trivia coming up for you Ooh. right after this. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U S military from 1911 to 1985 while Colt produced the original. Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Okay, before we get to trivia, we actually have a product review that is by our good friend Tupperware Mike. He's trying to make it onto the show now every single episode, and he seems to be succeeding. So I don't know how he's <laughs> how he's doing it, but it's working for him. And he actually left a really good review here. So this is something that you might not expect to hear on a backpacking podcast, but I think it's going to be worth your while. So here's what he had to say. Hey, what's going on, Backpacking and Blisters? This is Tupperware Mike. And recently the show was giving a given a power bank to review and Carl sent it off to me to check it out because it's more along the lines of either trailhead or car camping size. So it weighs in at 2.2 pounds. So it's a little bit heavy for backpacking and it's a 32 milliamp hour power bank. And typically the power banks that you use for backpacking run come in at about 10 milliamp hours. So it's about three times as large. And this thing's made by Skosh. So you guys might know Skosh because they are the industry leader on the magnetic dash holders for your cell phones. So I was interested to see that they came out with a power bank. I was a little bit hesitant, I've got to tell you, because, you know, sometimes these people just, they, these companies just start making knockoffs and the quality of it is just, just isn't there. So I was interested in getting my hands on this thing. But I guess I could tell you what, man, this thing is sturdy built. Let me tell you. It's a nice, nice rugged plastic on the outside, a little matte finish, and it's got an LED light with three power settings, high, medium, and low. Then on the side of it, it's also got a capacity meter, so it tells you how full the battery bank is, and it's in percentages. So, you know, if you got half, half battery life, you got 50% left. That was pretty interesting. And then on the front of it, it comes with uh, two on-off buttons, and one of them controls three 12-volt ports. So you have a 30-watt USB-C port, you have another 20-watt USB-C port, and then you have your standard USB-C port. 
when those things are just plugged in, sometimes the just capacity will draw. You'll lose some of the capacity of the battery just by natural draw on those plugs. So that was interesting that they put an on-off switch. And then the second on-off switch, which I'm really fascinated by because they fit, they managed to fit uh, an inverter in this little package. So you actually have a 110 outlet in the front of this also. And it's rated for 115 watts. So 115 watt hours. And that means that you can discharge 115 watts for one continuous hour. And that was pretty impressive. That's a lot of wattage. And I did test it out. I test the 110 outlet out. It doesn't have a surge protection. So what that means is if you go over 115 watts, it kicks off. It trips the unit right away. My device that I was testing it with, with was only able to draw 75 watts. It was either 75 watts or 129 watts. So obviously the 129 watts kept tripping it off. So I ran that 75 watts for an hour and 27 minutes though continuously, which is pretty impressive. It's only, that means that it's only losing 104, it's using 114.5 watts and it's only losing a half a watt hour in the conversion from 12 volt to 110, which isn't bad at all for a conversion factor. And on top of that, it didn't get hot. It didn't get hot at all when I was running that for this long. It got a little bit warm, but it was nothing concerning at all. I thought this thing was going to be blazing hot after running it for an hour and a half at 115 watts or at 75 watts. The USB ports. So when I first got it, I charged it up, threw my laptop on there to on the USB-C 30 watt side. And I was a little disappointed because it, that USB 30 watt doesn't seem to be regulated by the on off switch. And what that also didn't do would it didn't decrease the meter on the side, the gauge on the side as my laptop was using the power, drawing the power out, it was still reading hundred percent. So I could see that be a little bit, little bit problematic. Cause if you go, go and grab this thing and it says hundred percent, you think that thing's topped off and it's really not because it's not, must not be going through that meter. Although it did self-regulate after a few minutes and it did drop down to its, it uh, read its its true charge. Now the USB-C 20 watt and the regular USB-C outlet is char is is regulated by that on-off switch, which is pretty neat. It took about seven hours to charge up from full zero, plugged into the wall with the charging cord that it came with, which isn't too bad for that for 32 for 32 amp hours. I would definitely recommend this thing and take it with you. There's only a couple of uh, a couple of negatives that I had about it, and like I said, one of them was the 30 watt port isn't isn't ran through that meter, so it doesn't regulate the percentage on the side. And then the second thing is the display is turned sideways for some reason. I don't know why. When you set it down on the table, it reads at a 90 degree angle. If they would rotate that thing, I think it would be better off. But it it's not a really big deal. Yeah, like I said, it comes in at 2.2 pounds. It's a little bit heavy for backpacking, but perfect for the trailhead. And MSRP on it is $249. And I'll tell you what, this thing, I would pay $249 for this thing. It's pretty stout and uh, it didn't underperform at all. It overperformed a little bit, which is pretty cool. I always expect things to underperform. And most of the tests that I do, a lot of the products that I do uh, do underperform. So I was really happy with this one. So that's my review of the Scotch, the Scotch 32K Power Up Power Bank. And thanks for letting me review this thing. It was real fun to do. And I'm definitely going to take this with me on some more adventures and, and, and really uh, product test it. All right. See you guys. All right. So this is a power bank that is too heavy to bring backpacking, but definitely usable for the outdoors. Skosh. Skosh. Yeah. So Jesse, would you use this? And if so, what for? What's crazy is that literally I was just looking at something like this for my car camping setup because we took one of those inflatable mattresses out, like the queen, the double high kind of things. And of course it sprung a leak. And so I had to inflate it throughout the night a couple of times. And I had like one of those little electric pumps, but not the battery operated one. So I have right. a power inverter hooked up into my car. So every time I want to re-inflate this thing in the middle of the night, I got to run out to my car, turn on the car, plug in my power inverter, run the extension card cord to the power 
power inverter, go back into the tent, plug in the pump and start refilling the mattress. And so literally after that experience, I was like, I need a little power station that has a three prong pump. And so like right. literally as I was listening to this review, I pulled up the three, this, the Scotch website. I'm like, oh my goodness, it has like, it has everything, right? It's, it's just totally, this is exactly what I'm looking for. But yeah, like not a backpacking product, 30, but 32,000 milliamps. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> it is impressive yeah so i thought like having not seen it before and, and then mike got a chance to look at it, i thought maybe if you really weren't you know were willing to carry a heavy extra thing it might be worth backpacking in if you were doing like a lot of camera stuff or if you're bringing a drone that you wanted to recharge but yeah it's pretty heavy i'm trying so, to think of what what luxury backpacking appliance would you bring if you had this with you oh that's a great question yeah like a coffee pot? Would you bring yeah. like a real to plug in? Yeah, except for you don't like coffee, but like you know, right. you know how many people would love to plug in a coffee pot and like brew a Keurig like that big, oh, <laughs> big yeah, <laughs> just strap it to the. Okay, we need to ask Rocky to do this. This needs to be right. a Rocky challenge. Twenty miles on the trail, you get the Keurig out there. <laughs> I didn't even think of that angle. That's hilarious. A toaster. A yeah. toaster to have a fresh toaster. toast. Oh my gosh, man! But you could bring that. But yeah, endless. think about it. For, you just think about that for car camping, though, which is more realistic. Yeah, where totally. yeah, you can bring this to, to you know, like I mentioned, to charge up camera stuff, drone stuff. If you want to bring your you know coffee maker from home, yeah, the kind of the you know bring your computer if you have to get work done. Yeah. I mean, I know we're trying to get off of our devices when we're out camping, but sometimes you just you know you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, yeah, I think this is definitely um, a solution to some of those things, and I wish I had it with me on our last road trip through Canada because yeah, that was definitely an issue running out of power, like our phones not charging fast enough in the cars, we're using the navigation, like all that stuff. So, yeah oh yeah it's the worst yeah so if you were willing to bring the, the you know the brick of power into the backcountry what else did you bring that you want to plug in maybe some of you folks can answer on our social media um tv or playstation like what are we thinking here so just just a thought but you know what mike did a great job on the review yeah. my favorite part was actually when he he, he kind of just shared he just shared all the details man he was like able yeah. to clarify at one point he clarified that half the power actually equaled 50 percent. that was my favorite part right there yeah no thank you was... mike for that <laughs> <laughs> he went really specific in his fractions which yeah like, was really good half 50 it was clear 50 percent. so well even done for no, us metric, that was... even for us metric canadians it made sense yeah that that's true and he yeah. actually did a better job than we typically do on our own our own review, solid so, review, so for sure, yeah solid well review. done mike um all right, maybe something to check out if you're into the outdoors, car camping, or yeah, just something that you need kind of on the road. So it's time for trivia, my friend. All righty. It's time for Rare Gear Trivia. Rare Gear makes travel and backpacking oriented fishing gear. Their fly rod travels rigged and ready to cast in just 30 seconds. And at just 17 inches in length when stored, it fits anywhere. Check it out at raregear.com. That's R-E-Y-R. So thanks to Rare Gear, we've got Canada's Contributions Trivia. So not sure if you can tell, but Jesse's from Canada. So we're going to see how well he knows Canada. It's my accent. It gives me away. Yeah. Not right? the fact that we talked about it a few times already, but... Um, oh, yeah. That's right. Not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got one multiple choice and the rest are kind of fill-ins. Okay. All right. So number one, which of the following inventions is not from a Canadian? Cool. Okay. okay so cool. one. So these are all Canadian inventions except for one. I got four options here. A, the paint roller. B, peanut butter. C, the garbage bag. Or D, the lawnmower. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which one of these is not? Oh, my gosh. Are you not proud about your inventions? This no, this is wild because I actually expected to know what you guys were what you were gonna say in this inventions list because okay. I, I actually do think I know what inventions are Canadian. Okay. But all of these surprise me. So oh. like I'm legit. I'm what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say okay. So paint roller, pe uh, peanut butter, butter peanut butter. I'm pretty sure is Canadian. Um, garbage bag, lawnmower. Gar uh, I'm I'm a. I'm going to go with garbage bag. Garbage bag is Canadian, my friend. What? Yeah. Well, the Canadians yeah. invented garbage bags? You guys are bags? the kings of garbage, so congratulations. That blows, that blows my <laughs> mind. I didn't know that. I'm like, It just makes my job so much more exciting because I changed the garbages at my church, so I'm just going to be like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm taking my Canadian heritage. I love that. I'm a real Canadian. <laughs> 
The lawnmower was invented, I believe, by the Australians. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, that, and peanut butter was also invented by Americans, like independent of Canada, but just much later. So technically, Canada invented it first. Wow! So there you peanut go. Peanut butters and the paint roller. Yeah, man, I just feel so much more proud to be a Canadian. I know. I know. Just think, oh, Canada! <laughs> I just feel the patriotism just just coursing through my veins. <laughs> Don't let people like me tell you that Canada is useless because that's wrong. <laughs> yeah no we're not all right useless. number two we made paint rollers can you imagine painting houses without a paint roller carl that's what canada's about <laughs> you know where you know where we learned the paint roller it was when we burnt the white house down when it was the pink house oh and my then, gosh then we saw you guys painting it white and we were like oh we can figure we can help you guys with that and we invented the paint roller yeah. we're like hey this makes it easier because we're like that kind of enemy we're bad but then we're like we're still nice you know we don't want the pink house so thank you for that yeah that's true Number two, which Canadian island has been popularized by legend and a never-ending documentary TV series? The legend of Oak Island. Will they discover the money pit in season 336? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you've you've obviously seen the show. (laughs) This show will not end. Um, They're they're now considering like digging up literally the entire (laughs) island. Just like going down, like not even making one hole, but making just this massive, just almost as if they're like gold mining where they're just like, you know, just getting down to yeah. bedrock. And it's just like literally nothing happens on the show. Like they'll recap the season. They're like, we found a piece of cloth and some, <laughs> some bone. coconut fiber. Like, after 25 episodes. Yeah, coconut fiber. The, the best thing is that like half of each episode is the recapping of what happened before <laughs> the commercial break. It's previously on Oak so Island totally. for the next five it minutes. Totally and is. then there's like three minutes of yeah. dialogue in another commercial. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm embarrassed to say I've watched a lot yeah, of it, but too. I think it's so well put together that that's why it oh, keeps on like engaging such, you. It's such so. good production. Yeah, it's true. It is good production. But um and and the guys, the the guys that are in the show, like all the characters, like friendly, yeah. they seem like you know I'd go back I'd go backpacking nice with so. them. Legit. Like Rick and Marty, yeah. for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I'll invite them. Yeah. I'll invite them. Okay. Uh that's so funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> the recapping thing. All right, so yeah, yeah, one out soon. All right, number three. In order to make maple syrup, you take the sap from the tree and then do what? Uh, you've got to, like, boil it. Like, you got to, yeah. Yes. Like, distill yes. it. Yes. And you got to, yeah, distill it, filter it. Yeah. All right. Maple leaf on your flag. Well done. Well done, Did my friend. Did you know that, A, I've never made maple syrup? B, okay. it's not like you can't actually make like maple syrup is like an East Coast, an Easterner thing, like an Ontario East, not so much a Western. Oh, I believe thing. it. Yeah. And right. truth be told, I'm not really crazy about maple syrup. Don't I'm don't tell anyone yeah. in Canada that like Canadians don't listen to <laughs> the show. Allowed. But um, no, they sh- do. We, Canadians we don't listen to the show. <laughs> I'm the only Canadian who listens to the yeah, okay. Anyways, no, I'm just joking. I, but I don't actually really love maple syrup. Yeah. Another fun fact about maple syrup is if you go to like Banff or like the touristy areas, they'll sell you maple syrup in the shape of like a glass carved yep. out maple leaf for yep. an egregious yep. amount of money. But you can buy that same one down yep. in like At Calgary for yeah, about a third of yeah. the cost but you know yeah, i learned that store. this isn't yep. just a canadian thing like i actually went to costa rica for my honeymoon and we went to a store and this fancy like store sold us like costa rican coffee and i was like oh my goodness this is like and i got like a fancy package and i'm buying this for to give away to as a souvenir and then i went to the grocery store and it was the exact same stuff in the grocery store for like a third of the price so it's like you know everybody does that right yeah just yeah, do all your tourist shopping yeah. in the grocery yeah. store, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the way to do it. Seriously, <laughs> like nobody knows. Nobody knows that you got those from right. from the Walmart equivalent in Costa Rica. Like they don't care. It's just Costa right. Rican, you know, um, or Canadian <laughs> in your case. But a cool thing that you can do with right. um, maple syrup in the winter, though, is you can like. F- put it you can heat it up and then you put it on snow and then you take like a little stick mm-hmm. and you roll it up and it becomes like hot cold frozen sticky maple syrup and that's the only way i actually don't mm. mind eating maple syrup i can see my kids liking that yeah, so maybe i'll try that that's good all right that's a fun fact right there so in fact we're gonna count that as a Ooh. tidbit for the episode because the only tidbit i had was about how to get your map back to you and you you ruined that one so I've got to jump in on this because this is a Canadian moment, a Canadian pride. Can we call it a Tim bit? 
like from Tim Hortons, a Timbit. Oh. Because they actually have a product there called Timbits, and they're like donut holes. We call them oh, Timbits. Is that right? So, okay. so that was that was a Canadian. Is, Timbit. I thought Tim Hortons was in the U.S. Also, it, it is, but it's Canadian franchise. Like it is, it oh, is, is it Canadian. Okay. Yeah. yeah, to its. Tim Hortons is like is kind of like this coffee donut pastry shop where if you go up to the counter they actually won't help you they just kind of stand there and stare at you so we, we went to like three of them and that happened and we're like is this a thing here that's because actually no 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 that's because burger king bought oh. it out it's because the americans bought it right, out and the service went down there we go sorry i've, I've saved right. it i've redeemed it okay good jesse man really appreciate you coming on the show and co-hosting with me we're hoping to have you on like kind of here and there throughout the season when, when you've got some time and oh man it's always an honor when Derek, with his ridiculous schedules unavailable, I'm, I'm going to kind of lean on you a little bit this season. So I'm hoping that this was going to work out. It's It's been great. I feel like you have a lot of good information. And yeah, yeah, man. So thanks a lot. Bro, your shoulders, you know, if your shoulders are weak, you can lean on me when you're not strong. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and be I'll friend. be your friend. Yeah, okay, as long as you, you get me my Jasper map back. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that next time okay. uh please check out we're, we're starting to do more frequent posts on our instagram facebook so check out uh at backpacking blisters podcast for instagram and just the backpacking blisters facebook page please check that out and man it's been forever since we've had a patreon supporter join us we would love for you to join the family if you've been on the fence we're putting out bonus episodes every month uh we've got upcoming trips planned that we're going to have information about yeah and then last if you want to check out kind of the gear that we genuinely do recommend that's in our backpacking blisters website at backpackingblisters.com thanks everybody have a great week out there peace out I want to search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv i'm will cooper host of hunt stands make your mark podcast if you haven't already download the free waypoint tv app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from hunt stand presents anywhere anytime and on any device